Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is kind of shit we get onto in La Cancha. Oh my god, we're demonetized already. How fast. But congratulations <laughs> to Barca, the new champions of La Liga. They sealed it in style yesterday against their rivals Espanyol and Robert Lewandowski returned to goal scoring ways. His first goal in a big game in Spain, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't know if you can call it Spaniel a big but I'm just joking. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's, you know, his first, I mean, this is the best round this guy has played since the World Cup. Yeah, since like, he played the yeah, game. Yeah, uh, it's not just about the goals, like his touching, his touches, there were no, like, lazy first touches or lapses of concentration. I think that's down to Javi just giving all of the players a five holiday because I think we had like like it's been a long time since the last match because of the cup final so we had a lot of time to rest and the players definitely looked like that rest was um, needed yeah it definitely did because Barca ran off 3-0 ahead before halftime and Espanyol they made a lot of noise before the game but we barely saw them until the second half until the game was over that's when they responded yeah, I think what kind of helped them was the fact that we are just we are in La La Land at that point. <laughs> and then I think the only Espanyol player you can really give any credit yesterday was Poadi. He came on for Bradwitt and I think the game definitely meant something to him. So I think that's what inspired the other players to start actually trying. Yeah. And what does this title rank in the titles won by Barcelona? Because this would be their ninth in, I believe, 15 years. Mm, I don't know. I don't know how to rank it. Man. The title is a title, especially when you haven't won one in four years. Like, so, I mean, on one hand, there were a lot of boring games from this team where I suffered. <laughs> I'm like, I just can't believe that these guys cannot score goals, but then I don't know. I don't know how to rank it. I'm just happy we won, man. Yeah, Xavi describes this title as the first step in stabilizing the project for Barcelona. And Laporta has seemed to claim that um, winning the title meant that Barcelona were the best team in the country. In the country? Yeah. I mean, yes, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) What else is it supposed to be? I don't know. Better I than don't know what he's trying. That's how I remember it. I mean, if our last game is anything to go by, <laughs> I mean, the team deserves it. To be first in a 38 game season that requires a lot of concentration and consistency, and to be first by 14 points is, you know, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely no doubt. Yeah. And the other. The other goal scorer in the night was Jules Kone got, got his goal and Alejandro Balde also scored. And the two fullback scoring was something that we haven't seen from Barcelona all season. Yeah. I think Balde has attacked a lot and given some assists. He even gave an assist on Sunday, but his finishing has been kind of, well, I expected of a 19-year-old defender. But Kunde, with Kunde, I've noticed that as this season, in the last month or so, he's actually gotten more comfortable with the right-back role and he's like, 
getting forward in attack, providing assists now, even scoring goals. So that's nice to see. Yeah. If you could pick three players of this Barcelona team that made a huge impact for the title, who would be the top three to be? Um, to be Testegan for just the freakish amount of saves and clean shit he's making. He was even angry when Espanyol scored because he's like, guys, I need to break records, you know? <laughs> and then uh, second would be Lewandowski. Uh, even though there has been a part of the season where he was absent literally and figuratively, <laughs> yeah, his goals have been... Like, most of his 21 goals have been match winners or game openers. So they've been really important. Yeah, yeah, they really mattered. Like, yeah. especially in the first half, a lot of his goals, mm-hmm. I think there were about nine goals that were match winners. Mm-hmm. Him, so yeah. he's made such an impact to this title-winning team. Mm-hmm. And third, third is a bit hard because there's Pedri and Dembele, who when they were fit, were really good. You have, like, players that are really, really consistent throughout, like, Frankie, and, and I have to praise Frankie a lot because after all the distraction from the summer, the guy has made this team his own at this point. And you also have... Selling. No, why? <laughs> <laughs> Look at what we were without him against Real Madrid. Like, I'm not, that alone is not reason not to sell this guy. Yeah, because he's for one thing, he barely gets injured. He just unfortunately picked up an injury at that crucial stage. I mean, there's so many other players that have been really good, like around, like the defense, basically, Busquets and Gavi. But I think one person that deserves a special mention is our boy Rafinha. <laughs> Listen, he might not be the most aesthetically pleasing Brazilian in this league, not by a long shot, but the guy is clutch and he has delivered some important moments. So I'll say that without some of his goals, this title wouldn't have been possible. Yeah. And and with Xavi, does this title speak well to how he's effectively managed the team? Because when he first came, like we all expected Xavi to be like Kike Setien, but he's proved <laughs> that he can win in different ways. Either um, he played a very direct style in the latter half of 2022, and in this style, he, he went a bit more Capello-esque in this league title. Mm. Yeah, like Javi's basically adapted to what he has because he came, he saw that all of the footballing ideas that he had grown up with were completely dead, <laughs> except in a few players. And those few players were either the ones that have been there or someone like Pedri who, is, who was injured at that point. So I think for Javi, he's just had to adapt to what he has while also trying to teach the players new things. And he's been growing pains with a lot of these players. But, you know, the fruits are starting to show. And hopefully, this league title just give everyone confidence. And and with Xavi, like, he, he's obviously had limitations in the cup competitions that we've discussed about. Mm-hmm. Does this league title give him enough um, enough room to grow? So that next season, when they get to those cup competitions, he would have that confidence knowing that he already has a league in his back to really attack them. Yeah, for sure. I think that it will give him a lot of confidence. I mean, for the, as for the cup exits, the thing is that um, champion, Copa de Real said we actually went 
pretty far in that one. So I'm not yeah. going to. I'm not, the way we went out was perfect, but I'm not going to hold that against him. The cup, the Champions League, while we were in a very, very tough group, and every, like the whole schedule was jam packed, and there were injuries, you still have to do better. And yeah. I feel like with the Champions League, it's not just like on the coach, like the players. Some the Champions League requires players to do special things sometimes. That's just how. That's just the belly of the beast. Like you can be consistent and prepare, but ten minutes of brilliance, or in our case, four minutes from Bayern Munich, was what started our problem. True. So you need like, like uh, the players have done really well, but you need what I'd like to see some evolution from them in terms of just finishing big chances because. Yeah. These big chances can be the difference between being the quarterfinals or semifinal or going out in the group stage. Yeah. And and looking at this Barcelona team, like what stands out to me is a lot of players who are winning the first ever La Liga title. Yeah. You have Frankie De Jong, Marcus Alonso. Uh, no, not uh, Alonso, this is second. Alonso, second? He won with Chelsea. No, no, La Liga. La Liga. Oh, La Liga, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, Baldi's first, Kunde's first, Kessie's first, uh, it, like so many of them, this is their first time they won La Liga, mm-hmm. and and that really stands out for a Barcelona team, um, winning it. But one guy who's no stranger to La Liga titles is Sergio Busquets. He's won nine La Liga titles, and he announced he's going to retire this season. And how do you think this impacts Barcelona going forward? How do they replace someone like him? We cannot replace him. <laughs> And I was also there to choose Pep there, but for real, we, we can't replace. Like, you know, I'm the biggest. Honestly, I think I love Busquets more than I love Messi. <laughs> I didn't even think that was possible at the point, but like, just seeing how underappreciated the guy has been over the years in the best Barcelona teams has just, you know, made, like, he, we can't really replace this kind of player. So we need to, like, kind of change how we play a bit because trying to play the same way with another person is not going to work out. Yeah. And do you think maybe someone like Frankie De Jong playing in that defensive midfield mm. might be the answer or De Jong is wasted there. Mm. Like he does his best work as an eight besides the defensive midfielder. So he'll be wasted there. Yeah. And that's why we need like a specialist defense midfielder because the Besides Busquets, the, Busquets has no substitute in the actual first team. <laughs> now he's going. We need another defense midfielder and probably another substitute defensive midfielder. Yeah, yeah. Oscar, we lost you for a bit there. You said we need what? We probably need another. We probably need two defensive midfielders, to be honest, because with Busquets, we only have one. Mm. And he was doing the job of essentially two players in a whole season. Yeah. So. We'll definitely have to change the way we play and we need to find the player to suit whatever new style we have. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. Now, now we're done talking about the good of this game. Let's talk about a bit of the bad because Barcelona, they won obviously in Espanyol Stadium and the celebrations were a bit... I, I don't think they excessively celebrated, but I think they spent too much time celebrating yeah. in the camp. Yeah, I'll and say... Espanyol fans had a bit of too much time. Yeah. Yeah, I'll say that Gemma Soler was saying that um, the Barca players were told not to celebrate too much before the game in the event that they made the title. 
now you cannot really control emotion sometimes yeah well like, human beings and i don't think they they overdid it they, they, they i mean rick around the roses was pushing it but i don't think they did anything disrespectful they just tempted the espanol fans and yeah. by the way i'm not justifying the violence the violence is it's uncalled it's uncalled for but you know everyone has their own share of the blame but the biggest share of the blame goes to the security because they should have expected this and the fact that i don't know if you saw some of the tunnel footage where fans were actually running into the tunnel yeah. so it's, it's like come on the players should at least be safe in the tunnel you know? know. so yeah, yeah the security and espanol i think they, they will do well to just identify some of these people who are like beating up the security guys like there was this people he had a fan in a hood with a stick try, like trying to square up to another guy uh, yeah. yeah like like my thing is when the players were celebrating they did their first uh ring mm -hmm. i was like that's okay but i feel when the dressing room staff and everyone got in yeah and they expanded the ring to the center yeah. circle I'm like that's that's where you take it. Yeah. It, it, it was funny because oh you you don't you just see the players do it all of a sudden you just see them running away like wow <laughs> yeah but the thing though it's like you're right and the biggest blame for this and I'm not sure which organization whether it's Espanol whether it's La Liga whether it's um the police department I, I think it's uh, Espanol the police department yeah I don't think La Liga has, is to blame for this. Because you have to have enough security there. You mm -hmm. know there's an option that this can happen. Mm -hmm. And if, and you, like, you could see, uh, it was so, I I know hindsight's 2020, but like, it was so obvious that something like this could happen. Mm -hmm. And you needed like a lot of security and you needed a lot of, or the security could have formed a ring around the players or they could have formed a ring around the ultra section where the more extreme fans were. Mm -hmm. But it was just really chaos. But I, I think it's one of those things where in twenty or thirty years it'll be an iconic moment. Yeah. And for now, it's a sadly, it's a sad moment. But it's uh, what are we going to do? Yeah, I think some Espanol fans also took advantage of the moment to just protest against the board. Board, yeah. yeah. And, and that, and that's that's somewhat of the reason why I feel like maybe Barcelona should they should once the players did their circle, they should just ran into the dressing room because. The atmosphere was so toxic leading up to that. Like, mm -hmm. they were already protesting against the board. They were already mm -hmm. doing their thing. And I'm just like, if you're Barcelona, just celebrate for, like, yeah. one or two minutes and then get off there. And I think because in the first couple of minutes, I, I don't think they were really focused on Barcelona were celebrating they were, because the players were there and, and everything. But mm -hmm. I feel once that circle got expanded, it was asking yeah. for too much. Especially when your fans are not even invited into that stadium, so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. just my opinion. And uh, let's move on to other things, like Elche beating Atletico. Or do you want to yeah. go back to Barcelona? No, let's go back to Espanyol. Espanyol, Ooh, yeah. Yeah, are they? Do you think those? I mean, that they're, they're not relegated yet, but with four games left and four points away. I mean that also added to the toxicity. Yeah, it did. It did. I, I don't know because I, I feel they are in terms of the teams that they have to play, they have to go to Vallecas after this game, then they have to, they welcome Atletico, then they play Valencia away. 
it doesn't really look good for Espanyol because they are on a downward cycle. They've chosen a manager who has very little experience in La Liga. Yeah. Um, I do I do think they might win their last game against Almeria because Almeria are notoriously terrible at home. But yeah. I, I also think it's Sergio Garcia. The thing is that the players, everyone has acknowledged down that Sergio, they're kind of playing better. Like he's taking yeah. risks. Like in the derby, he, start, he didn't start the defensive midfielder because I guess he wanted three midfielders that are comfortable on the ball whenever Espanyol had it. It's just, you know, top, like idea versus application. Yeah. So I don't know. They, they have to get to the Almeria game with alive for sure yeah. to stay up. Yes. And the one thing for them, and this is the reason why it looked bad for them, is in the last four games they played um, Villarreal, Getafe, Sevilla, Barcelona. And Sevilla reinvigorated Sevilla. And these are really tough games to play against them. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we might be too harsh. And even before then, they had Betis away. Uh, The one against Cabot, they should have scored. They hit the bar so many times. And maybe in the last couple of games, it's just it seems it seems super hard for them. They had a really tough run of fixtures to end the mm-hmm. season, and, yeah. and I don't really blame the manager. I just, uh, um, I, although I do think he's inexperienced for this, and maybe going after Border last would have been very good for them. But it just seems like tough for them to survive. Yeah, and then when you consider it took them like in a game that should have meant a lot, it took them so long to try and wake up. It's just, yeah. More frustrating from an Espanol fan's point of view. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it sucks to be them. <laughs> yeah, it really does. But I, I feel if they do go down, they'll come back straight up. And the question is, what will happen to Elche? Because um, they beat Atletico and it was like they deserved it. And uh, there's controversy about the goal. But I, I would say if you're Atletico Madrid, you're playing against a relegated team. You shouldn't, no matter how bad the goal is, you shouldn't be complaining about that. And I felt Atleti when they somewhat went back to old ways, but they did create chances in this game. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I'll say fair credit to Elche because I didn't expect this from them, and I'm sure their fans must have enjoyed this after confirming their relegation last week. Yeah, the thing is, I I I kind of said on the group chat that I have a reason for why this happened, but I'll say before a podcast so people can listen to the podcast. Yeah, big brain, but yeah, um, I feel like on one hand, you know, you're down, you don't have anything to play for, you can be dejected, but on the other hand, you can just be like, it is what it is. Let's just we haven't like let there's no like false hope of like extreme optimism that we had that oh, maybe we can win our last five games and maybe we'll be all right. Like, all that you know, pretend optimism is gone now, like they nailed the shot so. I guess now they can just play freely, you know, and they actually, like you said, besides the goal that whether from an athletic point of view you can say it shouldn't have stood or whatever, LJ actually played athletic for large periods of the game. Yeah, they did. I feel, it's, I feel like something like this, and we also saw this with Levante last year when they got relegated. Although with Levante, it's a bit different because they were genuinely playing well before they got relegated. Yeah. With Elche, I feel like now they have nothing to lose. They'll just be, they'll actually be more dangerous. <laughs> so, Hetafe going to Elche next week for three easy points might not be yeah. three easy points for them. 
Uh, spirit prayer for Ka- uh, for Cadiz and <laughs> they play Elche in the last game. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh man. But we'll, we'll get on to Cadiz later on. And, you know, with that goal, one of my pet peeves came to pass with uh, Gilbert going after the ball. <laughs> and it's like, it's a simple... What thing. happened to Oblak? Uh, Oblak's been injured and he might yeah. have surgery, so... Yeah, lots of injury, late season injuries are happening. Yeah, this and, guy's out for the start of the next season. We can get any <laughs> athletic title trying to do Gervis is the goalkeeper. Yeah, because when you go after a ball like that, you just leave the net open and it's like, don't be a hero. Don't, yeah, you're yeah, a goalkeeper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but okay, winning means that Real Madrid went top of the table, um, not top of the table, but second. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's yeah. also sweet, man. I can't lie. <laughs> like, hearing all of the excuses. Oh, we don't care about La Liga. We only care about the Champions League. <laughs> let's yeah. continue. Yeah, let's continue because uh, we'll talk about Itafe first because they're the ones that really needed this point. They they came close to getting an, an unlikely point, but um, it's it's one of those where they have to take it on the chain with Itafe because yeah. uh, the next game against Elksha, as you you mentioned, is the more important game. It's the one where they they sh- they should kick themselves if they don't get yeah. three points. Exactly. And I'm oh, sorry. So I was like. Before this game, I was I was like, if I'm Hetafe, I'm just praying for this game to be over and done with, because the last four fixtures look pretty, look mostly look better than the other t- rivals. Yeah, it, it so, really does. Because they have Elche, Betis at home might be difficult, but they have Osasuna, they have Vidalid away, and Vidalid okay. will get onto them. They they play they are playing well at the moment, but I I doubt they can survive. Um, yeah, Let's go back to Real Madrid because this um, last week they played against Manchester City in the Champions League, and it was a more even game than we saw in the, in last year. Because I felt Madrid were they were very good, although the first goal came against the run of play where Vinicius scores an absolute colossal, and they were dominating City. They were closer to the second goal than City scores, and it's sort of I think it's a good result, but at the same time it might be a bad result. It's a better result for Man City for sure because yeah, if you look at how Pep approached the game, like not making any substitutions, like the guy's objective was clear. Like we're not, we're not going to like play gong ho or anything or give Real Madrid any reason to get into Champions League mode because they seem to be more dangerous when they're losing. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like from from a serious point of view, like he's just like. A draw at the Bernabeu is a great result. And if we bring it back to the Etihad, we have home advantage. And if you look at their home results in Europe this season, they've been quite something. So, yeah. Yeah, because they drew away at Leipzig and just tore them apart. Yeah. I think they drew away at Bayern, but that was after they tore them apart at home. So I guess Pep is banking on that home form and you know, the game changers he could have from the bench in Alvarez, Foden, Mares could come in if Manchester need a goal. Yeah. And from Real Madrid, you know, the guys that we thought might be a problem for them in the first leg actually played really well. Yeah. And they were able to silence Holland pretty much. Really. Like, he barely had, he barely had a few sniffs, and when he did, 
I feel You're like Rudiger straight to Courtois. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there was, I think there was a block. I think it was Alaba that blocked the one uh, where he had a clean chance. So, um, I feel Real Madrid did really well in terms of handling Manchester City's attack. But like you said, they were at the Bernabeu, and if they go to the Etihad, which isn't a fortress, but it could be difficult for them compared to mm-hmm. being at home. Yeah, I mean that that's what Pep's bank, you know. I mean, I hope he's right. Otherwise, it's going to be a tormenting next few months, next month for me. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Maybe Inter can do something, but we'll see. <laughs> see, let, let's move on to Villarreal because they were the entertainers this weekend. They absolutely destroyed Ernesto Valverde's Athletic 5-1. Setien fans were going crazy in the chat. Yeah, I want to give credit to Nicholas Jackson because his finishing was heavily criticized, but now he's scoring for fun. I think he's one of the few Villarreal players that scored five games in a row. Yeah, he, he's like from three goals at the start of April. He's not actually probably two. He's now on nine goals already. So yeah. he's well on course to end the season on double digits. Maybe enter the definitely finish in the top ten for goal scorers in a season where he's had a big injury. So that's pretty good for him, you know. Yeah, it's really good. And Baena was also doing really well in this game. He scored a absolute free kick and and he also scored at the end and there were like praises for him. But to go back to Jackson, we know Villarreal tried to sell him in this in the winter, but he failed his medical. At this point where I'm not sure how much his contract has, has changed, but if you are Fernando Roich, do you give him a new contract or do you try to sell him? Mm-hmm. I mean, if there's a market for him, I guess sell him while he's hot, but make sure you sell him for a reasonable amount. Like, I looked at the 25 million Bournemouth offer in, this, in January. I'm like, this is not enough, considering the fact that you're loaning out that Juma. Yeah. So I feel like they could be smarter in whatever business you do with him. Also, tying this guy down for a long-term contract is also not a bad idea because... If he continues to explode, you get even more money. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, before the season, we always criticized Villarreal as Gerard Moreno dependence. And I think that's one of the good things that Setien has brought into this team is that we haven't really missed Gerard or Villarreal haven't really missed him so far. Like, he's not his best season. And we're seeing the best of Chukwesi. We're seeing the best of Pino. We're seeing the best of Jackson. We're seeing the best of Bayana. Yeah, but Villarreal are still really inconsistent regardless. Yeah, yeah. But, if but... they could add the best of Jared to the best of all these guys, then they'll be a really good team. The thing, though, is like they are inconsistent, but they're still on record to finish in possibly the points totals that we expect them from them because they're doing warmer when they're above last season's points total. With one more win, they're above this points total for 2020, 2021. With one more win, they match the points total for 1920. Yeah, man. So pretty, it's pretty like, I guess if you compare Setien and Emery, Emery's never been a good league manager. So yeah. at least Setien has improved on that. That still, I mean, 
the inconsistency is something they will really look at and be like this season our 100 season in existence could have been much better than it was yeah yeah i think if you're a fan of the work and you're thinking of whether to renew setian or not you it depends on whether you really want european success Mm-hmm. or you want to go far in Europe, like if you don't care about going far in Europe, I think I do think it makes sense to renew Setien because mm-hmm. he does do well in the league. But if you want to go far in Europe, I think he's lacking in that tactical aspect. Mm-hmm. Maybe he'll improve. It's never too late. Yes. But yes. if they want to go far in any team, they need to get two new goalkeepers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, for Peperena, but let's talk about the bad side of this game with Athletic Bilbao. They, they seem to be struggling a lot. Like, does Ernesto Valverde keep his job if he can get into Europe? I mean, right now the team is not. He's not giving many good reasons to keep the job because we all expected a lot from Athletic Club and they still they started really well. They yeah. were fourth going into the World Cup. Mm-hmm. They have these runs where they look really good, and then they have they follow up with a run where they're terrible, then back and forth. In this game, in particular, I feel like the injury to in the injuries in Nico Martinez has been having because the fact that his mind is probably elsewhere with the last this being the last year of his contract also def- affected their defensive abilities. Like in this game, Villarreal had several three-on-one situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're, we're used to seeing Athletic being, you know, a good defensive unit. Yeah, yeah, we're used to seeing that. And the one thing about Athletic is, they, when they create chances, they don't convert it, and that's something mm-hmm. that they're missing. And it's not something that they can easily remedy because we know what your transfer policy is like, unless there's a new Basque Fernando Llorente or a new Basque. Uh, I do it's it's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I guess give all that in mind, I, I it would surprise me this as well, right? Because yeah. I guess he's doing like you can only do so much with the inconsistent finishers in the team. Yeah. The only thing I would criticize him for, especially since I don't know the full story, is his use of him. Like, what what did the guy do? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. It's 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 one of those rare cases because he used to Munain was starting for them all the time when they were really good. But mm-hmm. I think something happened after that Barcelona defeat before zero that changed the dynamic for this team. Yeah. Well, if I can know. remember that Fornio clearly Munain came off the bench in that game. I don't think he started. Yeah, yeah but I, I feel it was in that game where Valverde went super defensive and that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But Villarreal's win puts pressure on Athletics' Basque rivals, Real Sociedad, who tied with Girona. And this was this was a good way to start your Saturday morning. Like, mm-hmm. lots of goals in the first half. Real Sociedad, they were playing really well. They've qualified for Europe for the fourth consecutive time in their history. Um, I'm sorry, fourth consecutive time, uh, this uh, fourth consecutive time in a row, which is mm-hmm. the second time in, in their history that they've done that. Mm-hmm. And it's they're doing really well and they have this five point gap over uh Villarreal. But the problem with Real Sociedad though is that you look at their fixtures and they have Barcelona, Atletico, and Sevilla to come. Are they gonna yeah. hold on to this? I think they will given Villarreal's inconsistencies and just the problem that is Pepe Reina. <laughs> yeah. 
like preparing a <laughs> preparing a course with a real top four. <laughs> there's no there's no excuse like him and Jorgensen. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like Real Sociedad have more. I, that's basically just me saying Real Sociedad have more about them to just. That Real Sociedad can lose to us, lose to Athletic, lose to Sevilla, they'll still finish top four because Villarreal will just drop a game that you expect them to win. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to compare the fixtures because Real Sociedad, as, as you mentioned, Barcelona, Almeria, Atletico, and Sevilla, they have Almeria and Sevilla at home. While Barcelona and Atleti away from home, while Villarreal they have Girona away from home, which which could be very difficult for them. They have Cadiz at home, so the a relegation battle there we've seen. Uh, they have Rayo away from home and Atleti at home at the end of the season. So yeah. Atleti could play a role in this. If... because yeah. if you, yeah, Atleti could be king makers, I guess. Yeah. But if you look at Rosas's list, if Sevilla get into Europe. Get into the Europa League final, they might not take that last game too seriously. So that might be an easy game for Real easier game for Real Versus Atleti, I mean, after seeing Atleti just to completely regress against Elche, I don't know what to think anymore. I think maybe subconsciously they've given up on they, like second place not really driving them as much as we all think it might be. So maybe. Russell said might have it easier, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? But we there are two teams obviously in this game, and we have to talk about Girona. Girona, they just got the UEFA license, so if they finish seventh, they will play in Europe. And their fixture list is Villarreal, Celta Vigo, Betis, and Osasuna, which doesn't seem too too difficult for them. Uh, do you, do we think they can get this over the line? Hmm. Uh, I mean, I the fact that they play us as soon as directly I mean, is actually a good thing for them because they can, if they win, they can eliminate one competitor. Yeah, but Athletic Club are kind of game of the season. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I, I, th- I think the race for seventh will be well alive by then. then uh, Athletic Club, I don't, I don't really know anymore. I can't trust them, and the other competitors in Sevilla. I feel like Sevilla, if they get to the Europa League final, they wouldn't care too much about finishing seventh. Yeah. That's if true. they don't, they still have a very down. Like, yeah. Mallorca have a chance. Nah, I can't call this. This this is yeah. too. I, I, I'm just going to tip like, eight, seven to 12 all have a chance for that conference league spot, and that's just yeah. crazy. Yeah, there's there's just three points separating six teams, mm-hmm. which is which is very interesting. And in the relegation zone, we see something similar. But mm-hmm. let's talk about Betis, who are not too. They're kind of equidistance between Champions League and seventh. But but this victory that they had over Raya Vallecano, they seem closer to just at least securing a Europa League space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I kind of see Betis finishing above Villarreal because of Pepe Reina. <laughs> uh, it's not no, it's not personal. I don't hate Pepe Reina. I just he's just incompetent. So. Yeah. But 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 looking at Betis's fixtures, I, I I doubt it. But I, I just want to give before we get into that, I just want to give credit to Joaquin who 
he's was injured. He had a knee injury. He had like some tape on his knee. He came on, uh, gave an assist to give Betis the, the give Betis the victory in the game where they were sort of struggling. And even though it was two one, they were so struggling and they needed that goal. Yeah, you know, credit to our team. You can't you you can't praise this man enough for what he's done in his career. I just wish that now that he's he can't break the record because Pellegrini didn't bring him on at various opportunities this season, long before he even announced he retired. I think the the team should do their utmost best to make this man score so he can have you know, the record of the oldest goal scorer. He's had two seasons now to do that, but it hasn't happened yet because, you know, the engineer doesn't want to add into the machine early on. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, and you, you say better, so they're assuring for Europa League, but yeah. by, by kind of, they're one of the teams there that can compete for a top seven spot, and their their fixture list doesn't look too bad either because they have Espanyol, Real Madrid, who might be distracted, uh, Villarreal, and Mallorca, so... It's not too bad, but it's not too great for them. Yeah, I mean, the Espanyol one next week is going to be funny because Raldi Tomas could send his team to the second division. Yeah, that would be good. Love scoring against us. Yeah, he's exactly he loves scoring against them. So yeah, you know, I feel I feel today Rai were a bit unlucky. They created lots of good chances. Yeah, so I think he see hit the post twice in eleven in before eleven minutes. Yeah. And, that, and Oscar Trejo also hit the post, you know. That's why, and that's another reason why I'm like Espanyol at home for because one would think, okay, maybe Raya at this point have nothing to play for, but Europe is still something they want, and it's a Vallecas too, right? Yeah, it's a Vallecas, so it's not looking good for it's them. It's not looking good for them. But but that, that's one thing that's fascinating about this season, although we haven't had a title race, it's that almost every position on the table has something to play for at this mm-hmm. point, apart from... First and maybe 20th. The, yeah, the first 20th, and the, I think the top four, pretty much. To Although, be honest, Espanyol could catch Espanyol. No, no, it's not. Oh, yeah, remember that graph I showed you guys? They, they can mathematically finish 19th. Yeah, but I, I think that would be asking too much of it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, they're bound to lose one game. <laughs> Or tie one game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But next week, we have a big, big game in La Liga. The Sevilla Derby or Sevilla Derby or whatever people call it. Or Grand Derby. Um, good news for Sevilla. They won. They're mathematically safe. They're in the race for Europe. One point behind Girona. Tecchatito came on. He scored. They did very well in the Europa League, I felt, against Juventus. Although Juve scored that late, late goal. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess the good thing for them... Bad news for Juventus and bad news for the player himself. Paul Pogba wouldn't be fit yeah, for that game. He's the person that gave Juve some life in the second half and yeah, he got the assist. Yeah, he was mm-hmm. brilliant when he came on. He was mm-hmm. such a joy to watch. Yeah. Uh, but Sevilla, they somewhat got lucky against Valladolid because of that incident where the referee raises his hand and blows the whistle. As right as a shot is being taken. Yeah. And for that one, it's cost controversy. Like, I'm biased, but my point of view would be like, hey, the referee already gave four minutes. He gives the corner. Nothing comes of the corner. He's about to blow the whistle. Escudero is not Zinedine Zidane or Roberto Carlos. (laughs) I mean, he could have, yeah. 
I, I feel they go they go all right to be cancelled, but he it was over and it was over time by a lot. But yeah. he could have read the situation better and just said, Let me just see let me just see what Espidero would do for laws. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it might go it might go in, it might go to reset. Yeah, I think this is one of those situations where, like, the ref has put himself in a corner because mm-hmm. as soon as he allowed that corner to be taken, he had to make a choice. Like, the game had to, the play had to end. Mm-hmm. And that's where his mistake is in this whole fiasco. Mm-hmm. Because he could have chosen not to allow the corner to be taken. But and saved himself a lot of trouble. And saved himself a lot of trouble. There would have been protests. There would have been, like, people complaining about it fair enough but i just feel with the way this goal went in it just made him look like a total joke yeah i mean what's new for spanish referees yeah but saying all that sevilla did go on to win 3-0 and i feel this is very it's very good for them because going into the derby and going into a big week where they have to play events at home um they look in very good form mendilibar rested a bunch of players for that Juve's come in. I do. I don't want to jinx them, but I do expect them to get a win, or I do think they'll get a win. And it, it will be tough because Juve is not a small team. They're a very great team in Italy, and but it, I, Juve I is not Manchester United. Just yeah. say what you want to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, I I do feel like this is possibly the most important week of their season. It is. Yeah. And can they? No, they can't catch Betis though, right? Uh, they mathematically they can. It's be if, funny though. Yeah, mathematically they can, but it's I feel it's unlikely. I feel mm-hmm. it's very unlikely, even mm-hmm. if they lose, Betis lose the next game. Mm-hmm. But a moment of credit for Tichatito, who scores his first goal after nine months being injured. He missed the World Cup, if we remember that, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, it's it's things are looking very good for Sevilla at the moment. Yeah, even Papu scored. I think. Yeah. I, I I I'd be, I could say that's his first goal this season because he's been largely absent. But I, yeah. I felt I'd be lowballing him if I said that. But he really needed that goal. We could talk yeah. about the celebration. Rafael uh, also scored. Um, he's improved since Mendilibar <laughs> came. He's not a Floribus anymore. Yeah. And. and then, then, Oh, so sorry. Go ahead. And then um, Rakitic got like the like he's the most capped foreign player for Sevilla. So yeah, great score. And we have to give credit to Mandilaba because right now it seems like this is the Sevilla that we all expected, and you just wonder what Lopetegui and Sampaoli were doing at the start of the season because they're playing very well. But I'll say one thing though is that having someone like Bade on the screen, who Sevilla desperately missed, because Nianzo is not that guy, has has really helped. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. You also have to give, you have to give him um, some, um, some sympathy in the fact that, and um, what's his name, Manchi did him dirty in the transfer yeah. window, yeah, and yeah, yeah. and what Paulo, you know, got Badi and had him for a while, but did nothing with him. So yeah, 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 yeah. Sal is like still in somewhere in, in vacation mm-hmm. or in a yeah. hospital bed. Yeah, the even Mendes is really transformed this team. So just, I don't. The reason why I don't want them to get seventh is because it will be a waste if they win the Europa League. 
That is true. That yeah. is very true. <laughs> yeah. But shall we move on to a team that can actually get seven? That's Osasuna. And they did their best to tear Almeria apart at home. Everyone seems to do that <laughs> right yeah. now. And Abde, again, he scores a brilliant goal. And he's he's leading this team to bigger heights. Yeah. Out of all of the teams right now, that can fight for seventh. I kind of want Osasuna to get it because they did so well in the cup. You just want them to have something tangible other than the memories of the season, you know. Yeah, and they, they, yeah. They, they get to go to Saudi Arabia. That's that's tangible. True. Yeah, and but, they, but I get your point. Though. Yeah, they, 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 I feel they need like some to make this season truly more memorable. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know what? I I think with the way UEFA set up the Europa League and Conference League now, if you're a team like Osasuna that wants to go into Europe, having that Conference League bridge to build yourself mm-hmm. um, the opportunity to like learn how to play Thursday and Sunday is much better than going into Europa League. If it was straight away, I would have been scared for them. But I feel if you're a team like Osasuna, you're a team like Girona that's not used to playing in Europe, playing in the Conference League where the opponent is most likely weaker than in the Europa League and you can rotate players and you can see how th- that works. Mm-hmm. I feel that's a very good um, training ground for them to see if they can advance as a club to actually fight for top six. Yeah, exactly. And, you, I mean, look at this Osasuna's new stadium. Like, that stadium deserves European nights, like, with the passion of the fans and everything. So, yeah, but yeah. sad for them, Abde's not going to stay there. Right. Sad for them, good for us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and with Almeria, they are 15th in a very tight relegation battle. Um, for them, it seems like their home form is going to be what makes a difference. And at home, they have Mallorca, they have Real Valladolid. And away from home in the last game of the season, they play Espanyol. In between that, they play that away from home. Yeah, um, Almeria definitely has the quote-unquote easier fixture list, but then it's also a double-edged sword fixture list because if they lose this, you know, it's a big trouble. Yeah, but like... Oh, I was going to say, like, we talked about Hetafe earlier, like, given how they performed at the Bernabeu and even the fact that they have a really experienced manager, I can see them leapfrogging, you know, some of the guys above them. So I think Hetafe will be fine. It's just Amiria really need to start out the away form. <laughs> yeah, they need to, they need to do, they need to win at, RCD Stadium on the last day of the season. Yeah, especially since we already established as Mayola going down, so why not? Yeah. Why waste the points on them? Yeah. <laughs> and the thing though with them is like they're strong at home, but if you look at it, it's I can see them easily losing to Mallorca on on Saturday. Yeah, Mallorca and, that kind of team. And also in the game against Valladolid, it's one of those games where the pressure and the tension can get to you, and even though Valladolid they, they're not that great travelers at the right to just to the point mm-hmm. yeah. yeah really really like lots of finals for them yeah yeah it's the crunch time of the season this is this is the exciting part mm-hmm. but it's not for the teams that are involved in this battle yeah, yeah. it's just agony yeah but for mallorca it's just uh sweet sailing they, they can go to Ibiza right now they can go to their own islands and beaches and they can just rest and have a cocktail and 
forget about the season because <laughs> yeah. they are close. They're very close to mathematics, mathematical safety. It's just kind of crazy that you need forty something points to be close. Because normally we're like, isn't like in a normal season thirty eight would be okay, but <laughs> this season is not normal. No, I feel what has happened this season is the bottom has gotten stronger. Yeah, the middle has maybe regressed a bit, and the upper middle has maybe regressed a bit, but the bottom teams have gotten a lot stronger mm-hmm. than previous seasons. I'll, I'll definitely agree with the upper middle getting weaker. Yeah, and that's why it's like so jam jam packed in seventh, twelfth, and thirteenth or fourteenth to uh, twenty to to nineteenth. But it's, I, I guess we can say that Mario Kart is safe and they do deserve yeah, sure. they've, been, they've been decent throughout the season and they've played some good stuff in their home time, in their own turf. Cadiff, uh, for them, this is another setback. <sighs> their, their fixture list also looks somewhat challenging. They have by delayed on Friday night, which is a relegation. You'll be there for the zero zero, and then they go away to La Ceramica to play against Villarreal, and this is one of those fixtures I'm sure you're looking at and you're saying that Villarreal are going to drop this, just, yeah, <laughs> like, and then they play Celta. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not an easy fixture list, and I'm actually surprised Cardiff didn't do better against Mallorca because this is the kind of team that you'd expect Cardiff to you know just do a Cardiff against, but yeah. yeah, that didn't work out. So, Cadiz, before, like, I think two or three weeks ago, after they beat Valencia, we were like, okay, Cadiz, they don't look like they're going to go down because they're so resilient. But now, uh, they're, they're not looking too good. But, yeah, a, a win next week will probably change that. Yeah, it, it possibly would. And moving on to the final team, it was a very good break for Valencia. They're the only team in the bottom eight that has a chance of staying up that got a win because uh, we all know Alpshire are doomed and mm-hmm. this was a very big win for Valencia then they really needed it yeah. uh, Pablo Marie came on and he saved, saved Valencia's bacon yeah like they couldn't deny him this goal <laughs> yeah it's just funny how um, I almost called him borderless what's wrong with you Barajas just turned to kids to save his bacon yeah and, and it seems to be working. And I, I feel one thing that was really helpful for Valencia was getting Justin Cliver back because yeah. having him as a nine is much better than having Duro Cavani. Um, yeah, she's yeah. thrown. <laughs> and you're right with the kids because Javier Guerra's come in and he's looked like a very um, suitable central midfielder. And we were talking about how Valencia needed that central midfield position showed up. And Diego Lopez, I feel his name on, on the right wing number 40 and he's coming and he's been very good and there's been a lot of clamor for Musa to be dropped and with the way he's playing I feel is right to drop Musa because Lopez is playing so so well and he's creating lots of chances he created the first goal and it's two goal involvements by the Canteranos uh, and Valencia they look they look um, like they're in a much better position than a couple of weeks ago Mm-hmm. The fixture list isn't as kind because Real Madrid are coming to Mestalla on Mestalla's 100-year anniversary. So <laughs> not the kind of opponent you want for that. You would, I would have preferred it if it was Espanol. But then after that, it's Mallorca and then Espanol before Real Betis to finish things off. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm praying that Real Betis are, they know where they're playing. They know, like, there's no chance they can get fourth. There's no chance they can go to seventh by the time we play them because it will be, it will be really nice. (laughs) And Joaquin can get his celebration. He can score. We can tie. We can have a party and everyone wins. Everyone can. What was that tonight? Some Barcelona fans were saying in 2019. (laughs) Everyone will like celebrate yeah, together well, because yeah. of your crush. Yeah, we'll walk out and with a banner and we'll be like, Gracias, Joaquin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully that's the case because you can see the potential for Valencia to lose their next two games. Yeah. Given that one is Real Madrid and the other is Mallorca away. And I don't think Mallorca are the type of team to be outdone by a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Marich is definitely going to bully. Yeah, Marich is going to just beat them up <laughs> and send them back to Mestaya. Um, yeah, Valiant and Rayo. <laughs> they have their punching bags ready. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, kids, <laughs> it's time. <laughs> it's not going to be, now it's not going to be easy. But I, like you said, the good thing for Valencia is that they were the only team to win in the bottom eight, this in the bottom six or seven this weekend. So. Yeah. That's pretty good for them. Yeah, it's very good. And for Celta Vigo, this was a big loss because right now they're five points behind. Um, they're five points out of safety, and they have they have a couple of tricky fixtures coming up because they have Athletic, Girona, Cadiz away. Um, then they play Barcelona in the final game of the season, which might or might not be an easy game for them, depending on what team Xavi says to Vigo. Yeah, I think it's uh, I still. I'm still going to sit on the fact side of defense that I think they're safe, but I'm going to stick with that even if they lose their next two games yeah. because I don't think two teams from below them are going to leapfrog them in two weeks. So, mm. like, there's a very good chance Valencia win next week because they're playing against Real Madrid. Yeah, and there's a good chance Almeria won't because where Almeria playing against Almeria, they. Almeria, they're playing. Uh, let's let's. Okay, go. there's a good chance Almeria will. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, besides that, I don't think. The, I, I I think if they get to the um, match the third seven game and they're mathematically not safe, then I'll worry. Yeah, I'll say for Celta, like they need. I I think in this La Liga relegation battle, you possibly need forty three points to be safe. And Celta are the closest to that number. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're playing Athletic Warrants in the greatest form, so maybe they can get a tie from there and they can beat Girona. But it's easier said than done. I do feel maybe the Cadet game will be very difficult for them. Going away to Cadet is never easy for teams who are in the bottom of the table. Mm-hmm. And Barcelona game, depending on what team Xavi sends, it, it might be a good game for them. They might get a, they might get a point. But Celta, they've not been in good form they've lost um they've only won one out of their last uh eight games so that's possibly win a lot on um Carlos Caballero's mind yeah I'll feel bad if he he somehow makes them good then because it will be another Swansea again yeah (laughs) where like Swansea under this guy were playing some good football and I thought they were actually going to stay up then Surprise, surprise, March the 30th, scary things. Yeah, it, it's it's really sad. But 
I don't know. I don't like. I'm gonna be selfish. I don't know whether I want Celtics to stay up. If it's at the expense of Valencia, then no. But they're they're a good team. They're really nice to watch, and I I do like Caballero as a manager. I feel he's brought a lot to La Liga. So mm-hmm. let's put our fingers crossed that it can stay up. Like if you that's... ask me, yeah, I want Hatafe to stay up, even though I know now it's not going to be the next season. Like I just at this point, I'm just so used to Hatafe being the leader. Yeah, why not? And I, as, as weird as this will sound, I actually don't want to see Espanyol relegated. Like, I want them around to be punching backs. <laughs> yeah, it's like, sort of, yeah, it's like us losing Levante and Valencia fans are celebrating. I'm like, we get four points minimum from these slots. Every yeah, exactly. Season. Like, those are those design points you should trade away. Like, Cardinals and River can go. Like, yeah. don't feel anything. <laughs> Yeah. Especially for Cadiz, I'll be happy. No, I, I feel with Cadiz just because of the story. The, tra- the trauma from these guys dis- <laughs> destroying us in the last two seasons is too much. Like, the retribution must be. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, the only reason why I like Cadiz stay up is just the story of it because they're a team that they don't have a huge budget. They have one mm-hmm. of those budgets in the league. They sort of stuck with Sergio. Sergio did really well. And mm. I know they're not the nicest team to watch and everything. It's just, it's just, this, I feel, I just feel like they're like, they're a nicer team to watch now. Though. No, like, yeah. But the PTS, like, I'm afraid of the color yellow. I'm not, no, this isn't even <laughs> a joke. I see anything is yellow. All I think of is cards and I get triggered. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I've already, I've already said, I think people in podcast know. Who I want to go down? <laughs> yeah. They were purple. So. <laughs> well, you might just get to a wish after all. I know, I know. And see the big Ronaldo go down will be sweet as well. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now let's move on to uh, European football, the Champions League. We already spoke about Real Madrid City. The other game was Inter AC Milan, and. Inter, they did really well in that game. They should have been out of sight for the second leg. Yeah, like the, like Milan did not show up at all in the attacking sense, and you can't just pin that down to missing um, Rafael Leal. They, they needed to be better than that. Like you had some chances that Messias would just completely and inaccurately place wide. Yeah, and then Inter, Inter, they should have won by more and. I don't know if that's going to come back to bite them. Yeah. But if they play anything like they did last week, they should be fine. Yeah, they really should be fine. And theoretically, with um, Lukaku being back on form, it should be. It should, really should be a great game yeah. for Inter. Uh, AC Milan, they lost to Spezia over this weekend. Uh, did you see the images of the ultras or the no. big fans confronting Milan players? No, I didn't, but... Yeah, that I, I, can, that can be helpful going into the big game on Tuesday. Though. Yeah, can it really be can be helpful because Milan they're four points behind Lazio in the race for the Champions League, mm-hmm. and um, this loss was somewhat damaging for them. So well, to go from first to fifth in one season, not good at all. <laughs> no, it's not. Although I can see Lazio buckling this because it's Lazio <laughs> <laughs> and Sari. Yep. Yeah. 
And we already spoke about uh, Sevilla Juventus. Juventus, um, they are going to be missing Pogba. I don't know how they're going to do it without him because in that first leg, the image they gave in their own stadium was a bit shocking. But you never know because Max Allegri is one of those ultimate yeah, terrorists that yeah. can, can pull a rabbit out. So let's not bet against them. Yeah. I mean, I... I feel like if Sevilla are to win this, it's not probably not. It's not definitely not going to be as easy as the United game. So maybe this might drag into extra time or something. It could be that close. Yeah, and they wouldn't want to repeat of what happened in the first leg, where uh, Gatti scores with uh, I think a minute over time. Seconds like that. Yeah. It was just so frustrating. Yeah, and Sevilla. Really, like Inter, they really should have made their advantage, their ch- yeah. chances count. But yeah, like Enesiri is getting plaudits, but I do feel like he showed some of the old Enesiri. And after he scored the goal, I, I expect him to score. Um, he, he only, yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, it's just one big chance missed, but it yeah. could be in Europe, fine margins. Yeah, I, and I don't know if Ocampos will be fit for the second leg. If he's not fit, that'll be a big miss. Yeah, he was rested for this game. Mendilibar um, does think he'll be fit. That's why he didn't play. But you're right, he'll be a big miss. And I wonder if Tachatito can play. Juve, they got a win on the weekend. 2-0, Bremer and Fagioli. Uh, Fagioli. Yeah. God, I'm, I'm going to get cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> Is Tachatito registered in Europe? I believe so. I'm not sure. I believe so. If it, if it is, then it'll be good. I think, like... Papu with confidence is a very good option to bring off the bench. Yeah, I kind of, I think, I kind of didn't like him being brought on in the first leg because I'm like, he's not going to defend as well as another person. Yeah, that's. So given the injuries in midfield, yeah, I don't think he had the choice but to yeah. bring him on. Yeah. Uh, aside from that fixture there's also Leverkusen versus Roma Leverkusen they made a really really big signing today with Alejandro Grimaldo um, mm-hmm. Roma are winning that tie 1-0 what are the chances of Xabi Alonso's team getting one over his master it's just 1-0 right so yeah. I'm by Leverkusen at home they're really good so we could I I feel this is another one that has extra time in it because the yeah. team will go back and forth scoring. But if the game becomes a back and forth game, I think by the way, Cruz will win. Yeah, mm, that'll be interesting. And thoughts on Grimaldo going there because Ross is there. Yeah, really good, really good signing for um, by the because Grimaldo has always been a really good left back. And I feel like by the way, Cruz is a stable club where he can actually. Um, you know, grow from. I mean, the, I don't think the gap between the Portuguese league and the other so-called big five leagues is that huge. So I think he yeah, should be yeah. fine. Yeah, yeah. Like as as we've seen with Bruno Fernandes, who when he came mm-hmm. from Portugal, people doubted him, but he's obviously like he's he has the numbers to back up. Yeah, that statement that he made. Uh, going to the Conference League is AZ Alkmaar versus West Ham. AZ Alkmaar two one behind. But the good news for them is they get to go to Holland and they get to turn this around. Yeah. This one is... I can't really call this one because it's only in knife edge. West Ham had the, had the score advantage as it had the home advantage. I didn't watch this game, so I don't know how 
both teams played. So I, I can't I can't really confidently call how this will go. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a very humble take for me, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> like I, 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 it could go either way, and yeah. so I'm not going to pick anyone. Yeah, I wonder if we're going to get our English versus Italian final because Fiorentina are two one behind and they have the home disadvantage to Basel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but people people slept on Basel. <laughs> I mean, we, we kind of slept on Basel too, but yeah. I, a Basel as that final would be really nice because it's not like this team's not from the big five leagues or whatever. That'll be really good to see. Yeah, it really will. And it'll be, I think we haven't had a winner of a European trophy outside of the big five leagues. Since, yeah, in a long time. So, in a long time, yeah. This is the best so. opportunity for this to happen. Yeah, I think since Porto in 2010, that was the last time, or 2011, that's the last time we got. Uh, mm-hmm a team that won outside of the big five leagues. So you never know because I, I was speaking to a Dutch friend and I got told that if AZ wins the conference league, there's a chance that Holland overtakes France and Holland becomes a top five league. That's nice. Let's see what happens. The conference league games are too... Yeah. They're, too, they're too close to call, especially that West Ham one. Yeah. I mean, I, I prefer, I think we all know I prefer Azad, but it's pretty, I, I'll respect West Ham strength. They have some pretty good players. So yeah. I think I'll lean towards them. Maybe they might get a draw, but that draw might be, you know, hard fought. Yeah, it will be. And any thoughts before we end the podcast? Oh, yes. Uh, a moment of silence for our friends in England, Arsenal. <laughs> <They've>... <laughs> no, 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 because the fans are trying to change the narrative into, oh, we're second best. Like, you cannot call yourself second best when you had... I wish this was like a video where we could edit the league table when Arsenal had 72 points and Man they had 64 points. Like, yes, you have to look at the bigger picture, but... That's the same way I do not like how we go out of some European competitions. The, the, the same thing applies. Like the way you lost this was just terrible. Mm-hmm. But second is a good building yeah. block for next season. Can I defend them a bit? Sure. I think the eight points thing sort of lied. Because at, at the time there were eight points I had, they hadn't played. City, I, I don't think. Yeah, there was a time where they hadn't played City even once. So. Yeah, yeah. So, and I think that that's sort of lied because it was like if they had played them twice, then it could have been two points already. So, true. Let's give them that. And, but, and, well, City in the second half of the season in leagues are monsters too. So, yeah. Oh, well, for Arsenal fans, I guess it was nice dreaming. Yeah, it was a very nice dream. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, man. If the, I wish Prime Arsenal fan TV was still around. <laughs> this would have been. Yeah, that would have been funny. Like, I can't even be bothered to try, try and find out who's there anymore. Cause... Yeah, Ty's still there. Kiliki's still there. <laughs> I, I know this. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want. I don't. If I hear. If I listen to Ty, I might lose IQ points. <laughs> I, no, I envy his positivity. <laughs> 
I think I saw a Tom Dill after the Man City game where he's like, we can still win this. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sure after the Brighton game, he's probably like, it's not over. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one way to find out. <laughs> yeah. And Man City, they have get to win the league against everyone's favorite whooping boys. <laughs> so, yeah, if relying on just to stop Man City from winning the league is not, it's not wise. True, but what if what if City gets knocked out on Wednesday? Then the, that, that means they'll destroy. That means they'll destroy Chelsea even more. Then <laughs> uh, no, no optimism from you. I, I forget we forgot to say congrats to one European champion that was crowned this weekend. Feyenoord. That Feyenoord, yeah, they mm. got one over Ajax, which is which is pretty sweet for them. They have a Mexican striker who apparently Sevilla are interested in Jimenez and they have a coach who everyone in European football seems to like Arnie Slot so congrats to them and mm. uh, I guess this is goodbye for the podcast yep adios adios guys